0: York County is so much more than just a stop for gas on I-8. 17 County is filled with unique individuals with unique stories just waiting to be told. Welcome to the 17 County Podcast with your host, Emily Perry. This is 17 County Podcast. Thank you for tuning in for today's episode. Be sure to like, subscribe, and listen. This helps our podcast grow and we thank you for your continued support. We would also like to take the time to thank our York County Development Corporation members, AgriProducts, Cornerstone Bank, Nebraska Public Power District, and Central Valley Ag. Without these great members, we wouldn't be able to focus on the growth and development of York County here at the YCDC. So thank you. Let's get to the podcast. Thank you for tuning into our 90th episode. Today we have a fantastic guest back with us. She's been with us a couple times. times. Um, Lisa Hurley, Executive Director with YCDC joins the podcast. The YCDC has done some really great things this past year, such as housing efforts, business assistance with growth and expansion and talent recruitment and retainment initiatives. Listen to this podcast to hear a firsthand account From Lisa Hurley about what YCDC has been doing this past year of 2023. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having
1: me on, Emily. It I cannot believe we are past Thanksgiving and going full speed into Christmas 2023. Yeah, it's still 2023. It has been an incredible year here, here in York County.
0: Absolutely, I know. There's been so much going on. What What are some of the biggest things? I know you guys just wrapped, or we just wrapped <laughs> up a uh, housing, big, big push for fundraising. What was yes. that all about?
1: We did back in July, we were awarded a million dollars and we had 28 members Businesses, um, communities, individuals—they all came together to help secure five hundred thousand, so we could get that million-dollar grant. In YCDC, we had some reserves we put in the into the pot as well. That money will be there for new housing units, so it will just cycle. You know, when one is built and sold, or. There's a construction loan on, say, the multifamily housing. When it's paid back, it will be available ongoing. So we, we took our revolving loan fund up from, we had 827000 I think, that we had in it from our 2018 grant, 2017, that built York Creek Site Apartments. That's being paid back. And now we're adding another 1.5 that will start getting out. Um, I'm not going to announce what project <laughs> it's going to be yet, but we are working with a developer and we're very excited. You'll have to tune in in 2024 yes. to find out what's going to be built.
0: Yes, absolutely. And we will definitely be all over that <laughs> next year. So that is just one s- Big but small piece of what we're doing. What are some of the other initiatives that we've taken?
1: Well, you know, last year in 2022, we sold out the last of the lots in the first city of York Industrial Park. And we also sold out the new industrial park, which we say new but because it was it was our second one it was bought in i want to say 1617 mm-hmm. we sold that out last year so a wonderful case study of how a small community a rural community in nebraska in the midwest can buy and control an industrial park do the due diligence do the master planning do the marketing and sell it yeah so this year we've seen construction Awesome. So a lot of you know, a lot of times economic development projects don't happen overnight. And even when the decision is made fast, which it's typically not, you mm-hmm. still have the engineering and everything. So you may see announcement or may hear of rumblings and then not see anything for mm-hmm nine months, nine months, 12 months, because you've got all that background work that needs mm-hmm. to be done. So this year we've seen BGIN under construction. We've seen suit cup manufacturing and YAD um, has also been doing some stuff kind of tucked behind the tree line on that site. So it's very exciting to see that under construction. Where that left us, we no longer had controlled uh, industrial park.
0: And can we pause right there? Yes. For those of you who are listening that might not be familiar with this world, what does controlled mean?
1: Controlled means it's either owned by or optioned by or a purchase agreement by the local economic development organization, a local EDO, or local utility or local unit of government. In our history, in our area's history, it's been the city of York that has owned the sites for industrial. So that's what control does. Perfect. There's a couple different ways of doing it, but basically you're securing the parcel. So the um, the price stays the same and you can do the due diligence. So when I say the due diligence, that means you're doing an investigation, you're looking at the parcel, you're deciding where the utilities are, you're, you're identifying where those utilities are, what the load they can handle is, what would it cost to extend the utilities if need be, is there any past contaminations, and if so, what are they, how do you mitigate them, is there wetlands out there, and if so, how do you mitigate them, mm. is there an endangered species, a bug? Mm-hmm. a bird something that so there's a whole lot of stuff there's also soil testing and tidal work and you our whole goal with the due diligence and master planning is identifying any barriers mm-hmm. for a business development whether it's it's a it's an existing business in the area that's expanding mm-hmm. and buying that parcel which the old industrial park is a prime example example of existing businesses and new businesses developing out that park, But you need to identify the what those barriers are. Right. Is some of the barriers zoning?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, are there, things are being built taller now, so are there height restrictions that need to be looked at? Are there airplane paths that impact it? So, knowing what all of that stuff is, is very important when you're answering a business questions because you can't take six months to get back and you know when it comes to a wetland delineation study that can only happen from late spring to early early fall mm-hmm. they, it were October, April to October April May to October September October depending on the season mm-hmm. so if somebody reaches out to you in November and they've ask is there's any wetlands and they want to study to back
0: it up, mm-hmm. you're waiting six months. And, I mean, once again, for those listeners who aren't familiar, why does that matter? Why is it so important for us to invest in our time and our capital, I mean money, to make yes. sure this due diligence is done? It's
1: because if there's any questions, they will probably walk away unless they're already invested in the community 100%. Mm-hmm. We, we, even with expansion projects, They can go elsewhere. So to keep our existing businesses here and allow them to grow and expand within our county, we need to know what's there. But so it's speed to market. Mm -hmm. You know what? They may take five years deciding to expand. And that could be a new... An existing business that is already located here, it could be somebody that's in Kansas, Iowa, California, you know, wherever it is, they're opening up another location, it could take them five years to make that decision. Mm -hmm. Once that decision's made, there's probably contracts behind it. So speed to market, it's all about speed to market. If you don't have the answers, what type of soil is going to be there, they and, and they don't know if they're going to have to bring in new soil to replace what's there because what's there you can't compact enough to build on mm-hmm. or you got to do really deep foundational work right. footing work i mean it, it's a cost thing so yeah. anything we can do ahead of time to reduce those those questions it, the the better you are and it's i know i say best practice all the time but it is according to my training it is best practice to have these questions answered ahead of time. Sometimes it's not possible. But you have it it has to be very location driven Mm -hmm. to uh, allow you to have time to do the diligence after Mm -hmm. after they've looked at it. And then they may come up with something and walk away.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, going off of Um, some of those efforts that are put in place with bringing businesses to the area. Obviously, due diligence, huge, Mm -hmm. very, very important. But you have also worked really closely with the city with their
1: TIF. Yes. So... A lot of people don't know what TIF is. (laughs) It's a word that we use in economic development a lot. It's um, tax increment financing. And what it allows you to do is invest in projects in a redevelopment area that otherwise would not happen. There is a state statute that if not for TIF, the project doesn't happen. So this year, because we have lost projects... Mm -hmm we asked the city to t- take a new look at our redevelop our adopted redevelopment areas some may be more familiar with hearing those called blighted and blighted and substandard uh, one of the ways you can qualify for that is 50 percent of the properties are over 40 years old mm-hmm. that's a very easy qualification and a community older area of the community to hit another way one is lack of infrastructure
2: mm-hmm.
1: it, whether that's walkability sewer water um, roads it's a lack of infrastructure or quality infrastructure is it crumbling you know are you missing curb and gutter I'm probably getting a little too
2: technical <laughs> on
1: this anyway I there there's a list by state statute and community development law. There's planners, plenty of planners in Nebraska and across the United States that do these studies. Mm -hmm. So I asked the city of York to take a look at this. Mm -hmm. And through a series of meetings and working with Bobby Pettit, who is out of Kearney, the city did adopt a new, several new areas, and we also deblighted, which this goes into legislation. Why is it important to pay attention to legislation? Well, our Senate here in Nebraska last year put in an official deblight
2: mm-hmm.
1: study. Our council, our councils used to be able to say, "Oh, we've done work in that area." Is no longer blighted and they would just put it in meeting minutes whether it was a village co- village board or a city council. Now you have to do a, a small study to show that it's no longer no longer blighted is it's extra it's extra regulation it's mm-hmm. extra work it's extra public comments uh, notices in the paper however you feel about it, it's just extra regulation and it's something we have to do and it's mm-hmm. something we have to pay attention whenever community development law is being touched at the state level.
0: Yeah, and you talk, just let's ease people's minds before we get, <laughs> get a little bit further, but blight and substandard sounds terrifying and it, it sounds like a um, insult almost, but it is not no. at all, right?
1: No, it's not. I mean, it's, you could... Call it purple with pink polka dots. <laughs> I mean, it is It is called that purely because that is what is in state statute. Mm. So many people refer to it as redevelopment areas because that's really what it is. It's areas that have been within, this, within the community area that haven't developed for some reason, maybe a lack of infrastructure or lack of access, you know, the lot impor, improper platting. It's they're really redevelopment areas. State statute says um, by and substandard, and you have to have a redevelopment plan. Mm-hmm. So that's why you call them your redevelopment areas. Right. There, if you go to the city of York's website, you can see the map, you can see everything that was taken out. Through the process, when we de areas, what was added in. And so as a finan- at heart, it's a financing tool to encourage development within those areas. So that, that did take some time this year. I mm-hmm. mean, the number of public hearings that's required, the number of notices to the day, you know, 30-day comment periods, Um, notifications that the city handled, uh, um, the Amanda, the city clerk, she handled those, sending them out to all taxing entities. Mm-hmm. It's it's not the most simple process to put it in place, but it's not that complicated as long as you're working with an attorney that understands the substandard,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, all the regulations and the TIF law. Right. So we also did just last month, the city of York adopted, uh, expedited tiff they used to call it micro and that was put in place in nebraska in 2018 it's for small projects the state law needed to be tweaked because if a community decided to allow for the expedited process for the smaller projects it had to automatically approve everything that came in and it had to automatically bond them so this last session there were some changes that was made to the community development block grant law on expedited TIF Mm -hmm. that allowed communities to say we would do X amount of projects and that would require the developer to bring in their own bond. And that bond is basically that secondary loan that's paid off through property tax increase. Mm -hmm. So, we have in the last month approved. The city has approved that the city of York has an incredible city administrator mm-hmm. who's wonderful at reading the laws. Um, being a previous senator, that makes complete sense, <laughs> and she's she's innovative. So it's it's fun working with Dr. Crawford. Then between her and the TIF attorney and our the city attorney, city of York attorney. They made sure all the eyes were dotted, and we approved. The city of York approved the first TIF project. So those um, is public record now, since they approved it. Uh, the expediated TIF, the apartments north of Runza, the North Runza, will be come they're they're getting completely redone
0: awesome yes awesome awesome that's so exciting to hear yeah i don't even know, if you do I, know I was gonna say i think this is new news <laughs> i'm learning so much no that's awesome that is that makes me very excited for the growth of york mm-hmm. and our housing i mean yes oh man that's one big step
1: it, it is a big step another thing that the city has done is I worked with Dr. Crawford utilizing the countywide housing study for the city to adopt housing incentive plan that we can use in conjunction with our rural workforce housing funds or just with just with TIF in general for housing. Mm-hmm. Housing used to be you could only do the infrastructure on TIF. Now it can go up.
0: You can build up.
1: You can build up. So it's, housing is one, if not the largest barrier to growth in New York County. Mm-hmm. It's, we have, um, Emily, you looked it up last week, it was 560. Something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, jobs, and those are part-time, full-time, partially uh, hybrid positions. Mm-hmm. So I can't, I'm not saying that we have 500 job full-time <laughs> positions open, but we have a lot open. Mm-hmm. And then... A, a lot of that is due to housing. Mm-hmm. We've had people, we do our national talent ad. Our businesses have great benefits. And we have people that are getting attracted to the jobs from outside of Nebraska. I want to say outside of Nebraska, mm-hmm. not just within our commute market or not just taking a resident from another part of Nebraska and relocating them here. So from outside of Nebraska, which is really how we solve our issues, is we have to bring more people in. Mm-hmm. Well, in order to bring more people in, we have to create housing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we've had people walk away from positions because of housing. And and then child care would be another yeah. one.
0: Yep.
1: So yep. that has us way more involved this last I would say the housing's been building... Over the last 10 years, I'm spending more time on housing projects this year than I have in previous years. But the childcare this last year has definitely, mm-hmm. definitely increased on our, the YCDC workload. And Emily, thankfully, has taken a lot of that on now. Yeah, and... Thank
0: you. Of course. I actually really love it. But I think it really goes to show how important BREs are, if you Mm -hmm. want to talk to
1: that point. So a BRE, Business Retention and Expansion interview. You know, probably 70 to 80% of our job growth is coming from our existing industries, our existing businesses, our entrepreneurs. And in order to keep them here... And to be able to help them, we we need to know what their wants are, what their desires are, what their barriers are. Sometimes it's as simple as they need a stop sign. Um, It was not an actual BRE interview. It was more of a kind of a group setting uh, about 10, 10 people. We were talking about what they need within their particular business area of the community. And a stop sign. Mm-hmm. And, and Dr. Crawford was in the room and she's like, we can handle that. Easy so as that. <laughs> as, and sometimes it's legislation. So I have testified in Lincoln on behalf of a York County business before. Mm-hmm. because they they needed a bill changed sometimes it's the housing the workforce you know 10 years 11 years ago why CDC did not do a lot of housing. It's way different now. Yeah. Highway 81, we've continued to advocate for that, partly because of our survey results. So when when we talk BREs, there's a couple different aspects of it. There's our interview surveys that we go in with a set survey, and we ask questions, and we track that data. And that provides reports that I can take out to the city council, um, county commissioners, uh, village boards, any of the communities that want to know what's going on. I can provide our board of board of directors. Mm-hmm. Then there's, I might have a coffee meeting, or I might go through a tour of the facility or take somebody through that I know would connect well. It's a connection point that I know the business would benefit from. So I set up the meeting and I take the organization the individual in and do a tour and get get them connected because i know that they're based on what the business has told me that's something that's going to be really good i've also do lunches i participate in i encourage all of our manufacturers to participate in the southeast manufacturing group which actually started York sewer and Thayer County still along with Doug Rod now he's just stepped up he's from Collins Aerospace uh, working with uh, Southeast Community College to organize these
2: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, meetings every couple of months so it's a lot of parts when it comes to our BREs it's making sure the trust is there so that they know when there's a problem they can call me Mm -hmm. or they can call Emily
0: Absolutely.
1: Or they can call them, you know, they, they feel comfortable reaching out to YCDC. Mm-hmm. And it's some years there's more surveys, some years there's more one-on-one meetings.
0: Absolutely. And I think that it's really important to emphasize that a lot of what we do strategically and for our existing businesses comes from Absolutely. directly from those VREs. So like housing and childcare. Uh-huh. We've heard from our businesses, that's yeah. what we need. So what are we doing? Well, we're working it. on them. Yeah. I mean,
1: are, they're unable to hire somebody mm-hmm. because they can't find a home for them. Or they're putting people up in a hotel room for three months until the right house comes up. Or they're losing staff because they, their staff, both mothers and fathers, because families have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. They can't find a daycare. child care, I should say. They can't find a ch- child care. So... That some of them are walking away from jobs, and those are people that were in the workforce that pr- may enjoy being in the workforce if they could find an affordable childcare position for their family situation.
0: At Cornerstone Bank, we are committed to providing you the best in banking products and service. With 46 locations throughout Nebraska, we are dedicated to serve you. Cornerstone Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to kind of dive into this because it's what I really love to do. So we also not only are there for the families so that they can work, but we're there for the child care provider, too. Yes, Because we know that it's not necessarily the best business move sometimes to open a, a child care. It doesn't always make sense financially. So what are we doing? We are going the legislative route. We mm-hmm. are trying to find assistance for you guys, funding or looking for grants for you or connecting you with the right people. Mm-hmm. It's not not just about talent for your parents that you're serving, but it's also for you. So yes,
1: well, our child care providers are business owners. Absolutely, they're small business owners. Absolutely. Uh, I'm trying to think, our largest child care center is. Seventy
0: five, 80. Yeah, right around
1: there. Yeah, yeah, at one location. So it's they're small business owners. And that's something we through York County Community Coalition, they rebranded this last year. But we found out that the families and youth group were talking about it in the basic
2: mm. needs mm-hmm. group
1: were talking about that about it. And this was probably five years ago. So we, YCDC, and started talking with them, okay, and we started joining the providers at some of the meetings, not Mm -hmm. all of them, but some of them, Mm -hmm. uh, for the Child Care Alliance, and then we formed the business group, Mm -hmm. and now Emily is working with a new board, and we'll see where it goes, because they're going to help increase capacity as well. You know, we've taken our childcare gap down from 350 to 190-ish,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is awesome that we've done that. Uh, we've made a lot of progress without building a new center. Mm-hmm. We may need to analyze that as we go forward. We do have, so we have several new uh, in homes, mm-hmm. several new centers and center expansions. I mean, we've tried to support who we have.
0: Absolutely.
1: And and then we'll complement from there as time goes on. But we have to support who we have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's not just child care centers. That's everybody, all of our businesses. Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And there are times we do focus in on, you know, this was – Childcare, we have focused on manufacturing. We have focused on logistics. There have been times we have focused more of a deep dive into one particular industry because mm-hmm. of trends I'm hearing and things that I, I'm hearing are, are affecting them or going to be impacting our business community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm trying to get ahead of the game and saying, okay, what are you hearing? Mm-hmm. And how, how can how can we be of help on X Y Z? Absolutely. And that's that's some of the value of being involved with the Nebraska Economic Developers Association, with the Legislative Committee, but also what I receive from the National Rural. Uh, Developers Association, and our EDA National Rural Economic Developers Association. I'm getting the emails, I'm getting the webinars, I'm hearing the rural issues across the nation mm-hmm. that are going to impact our businesses here. So I can say, hey, here's a grant. Yeah. Or, hey, tell me a little bit more about what's going on with you because I've, I've heard
0: this. Yeah, absolutely. And I know I'm going to make you blush, but you hit a really significant milestone in this last year as well.
1: I hit 10 years back in May. Yes.
0: Yeah. And I mean, we could talk all day about what's happened since you started to now and how much we've grown. Um, But let's just like narrow it down (laughs) because we, once again, we could go all day. But one thing that I think that you do very well that I've hope you can expand upon is you make connections better probably than anyone I've met. Thank you, you really value those connections. And why are those so important for economic development?
1: There there's many reasons because you know you don't know where the next project, the next contract for one of our existing businesses, the next opportunity is going to come from I'm going to go beyond a business connection some of these connections I have made are truly friends or truly mentors or I'm their mentor and that helps support the industry but it also helps when I'm able to call somebody over in Iowa and say okay here's the deal this is what I'm doing or this is what I'm seeing, and get their advice. They may know of a funding source I don't know of. Mm-hmm. You know, they there may be a, a best practice out there that I just haven't dealt with. Yeah. And it, it will go, okay, now I can launch. Mm. It's part of my research mode. Research mode. But as far as the connections here, I mean, Agri Products is a prime example. I mean, they've, I've reached out to them or I've sent their names to manufacturers from our coalition that are several counties away. Hey, if you're having that issue, call this issue or call this company because they can take, they can customize it. They yeah. can take care of it. Some of the ideas that we've brought back on the childcare came from people in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. And I brought back a little bit more out there from New Mexico, but yeah, you know, you gotta, you have to be willing to explore, and you have to be willing to connect. So when somebody maybe one of our manufacturers or our in-home businesses that have a machine in their garage maybe they're looking at some government contracts mm-hmm. i know who to call yeah and so i can get them connected mm-hmm. and i i can call nebraska business development center i can call a center for rural affairs when i'm working on a food project or a sustainability issue i when I got a call from Live Farms, which is a new business that's not even open yet. I knew what they were talking about, the the hydrophionics vertical growing system, <laughs> because I've been in one. Mm-hmm. And the connections that I'm connected with on LinkedIn, I've continued to research because that's really kind of fascin- fascinating is how are we going in our acre business environment here, where are there opportunities? Mm-hmm. That's one of them. And we have one that's using an existing building that's being renovated. Yeah. Which is, to Amazing. me, is a huge, huge win. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like a dummy when I talked to them the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. Did that answer your question? <laughs> it did.
0: It did. I think it's really important, and you definitely has, have emphasized this when I've been here. But like, we don't have all the answers. We're don't. never gonna have all the answers. We're not the experts in everything. I mean, there's some stuff we do better than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, if somebody comes and asks me the specifics for TIF law, I don't know. I'm gonna send it to the correct person because yeah. that is not my wheelhouse. Well,
1: and you know, when it's TIF. I I've been working with TIF since 2006. Mm. I'm dating myself here a little <laughs> bit but I've been, I've been working with it. I, ha- I have a pretty strong base knowledge and I still call Mike Bacon mm-hmm. who's one of the TIFF gurus in the state. So I mean I, I feel like I have a strong base knowledge. Mm-hmm that I can talk about it intelligently with the communities. You know, how how can we encourage more housing by doing TIF? How can we encourage how can we encourage business development utilizing TIF? How
0: mm-hmm. do
1: we do how do we layer? Because a lot of times whether it's housing or childcare or manufacturing, it's a layering I- impact. I mean you yeah. have To get that ripple effect that's going to impact the entire community, first you have to figure out how to put the project together. And that's going to come many financial layers. Yeah. It's just, and because I know our service providers in the state so well, and I know who likes to do what type of projects (laughs) and where their strengths are, a lot of times when a startup is asking me because they don't have enough money, I know which one to send them to. Yeah. I don't send all of them to just one organization. And I know when it's a complicated enough project that I know who I'm going to reach out to or to review the business financials mm-hmm. uh, because I want that business plan solid before they go into the bank. I mean, yeah, they get give a heads up at the bank. Um, they can tell them what they're doing. But before I don't want them a business, uh, especially a startup to go in with a plan. That's not solid mm-hmm. and be told no, just because you're taking in a two page plan or slide deck. Right. Cause you can do, totally do it as a slide deck. So bringing those connections are just incredibly beneficial.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And going, man, I feel like I'm jumping around here. But... That's okay. We we do it as a regular <laughs> conversation in the YCDC office. That is true, 100%. <laughs> um, so I know that we are about to enter into our membership drive season. Yes. What would you say to someone who may be looking at being a member, but is still kind of on that fence? Well, you know,
1: being a YCDC investor, being a YCDC member is about supporting growth and the community and the county overall. It's not so much what are you going to get out of it. Yes, there's a laundry list I can tell you. We we can say, okay, at this level you get a pot a commercial on the podcast. Uh, at this level you get mentioned on the podcast. Mm-hmm. All levels you get you get a business directory page and you can post jobs, which We do national talent ads. So what job directory do you want to be posted in? Ones that's being promoted nationally. That's just my personal feeling where we're spending a good amount of money every month on national talent ads. If talent's a barrier, that's part of it. But overall, at the heart of it is you want what's best for York County. You want to see your children, your grandchildren, your best friends, your whoever whoever is your people Mm -hmm. you want them to feel comfortable in the community you want them to feel like they want to come back and in order to do that we have to have opportunities Mm -hmm. so and we we have to be very strategic about those opportunities which ycdc is and by bringing those opportunities in and by bringing in new, whether they're residents or tourists, that gives you, as business owners, opportunities to get new customers. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's the more people around, the more exposure you have to getting customers. But it's also about just growing the community. We have private and in- private investors as well and they're they're retired some of them not all of them mm-hmm. but they just believe in the vision of Ycdc of coming together to grow having an a region having a county having a community that you feel comfortable in and that your kids or your siblings or you heck even somebody at transplant maybe your mom and dad mm-hmm Maybe your college roommates. It's whoever your people are. I'm not saying it has to be family. It's whoever your people are that they might feel like this is a good community to come back to or come to. Because we do have a lot of people that did not even grow up in Nebraska that live in York County. Yeah. And I think that is a very, very good thing that we've done very well and we don't talk about much.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You've had a lot of people on your podcast that didn't grow up here, though.
0: I, I, yeah, I have been. It's mm-hmm. kind of surprising how many people there are, because like you said, we don't talk about it much. But no. once you start asking, yeah. ma- I, I don't know if I'd say a majority. Well, probably a majority, yeah. Majority of the podcasts that I've done have been people from mm-hmm. outside of Nebraska, or at least outside of York County. Or,
1: or they left and
0: came back. Yeah, yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, there's
1: nothing wrong with leaving and coming back. Uh, but I want a community that my children feel like they can come home to, yeah, it, and that not only feel like they can, but feel like there's opportunities, and that they're not quitting, yeah, if they come home. Yeah. I want them to come home because of the opportunities that we have here. Absolutely. So that's kind of a long answer to <laughs> why should you invest in YCDC, but it's because we're a, we're looking very holistically. We're looking very strategically, very visionary, Mm -hmm. and we're trying to provide those opportunities not only for the people that are here right now, but the people who are here in 10 years. Yeah. Because we have to constantly look at this as a starting point because projects take a while, whether it's a housing development or somebody starting a sign business or somebody printing Three d printing or somebody in the plastic manufacturing or whatever it is it a business doesn't build overnight, so all the opportunities all the ripple impacts from that business they don't happen overnight, yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think we are kind of at time to wrap up. Okay. Um, do you have any lasting words of wisdom and advice? I know you kind of just did that. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, change is difficult. Hmm. Change is very, very difficult. And we, we see it here at YCDC. I know the county sees it. Every single community in the county sees it. Change is difficult, but... Nope, not but. I'd be yelled at by a coach. <laughs> and we have to adapt and we have to continue to grow if we want to be here in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say keep keep your eyes open for opportunities. Identify what makes you tick. And follow follow your path. And hopefully it keeps you here or brings you back but most importantly you know we're entering in december into december enjoy the last of the year be kind be thoughtful offer grace and enjoy the heck out of your people (laughs) this month
0: absolutely well i will just do one last little plug this is our 90th episode so thank you for tuning in absolutely amazing and I will just say that the YCDC has some really, really amazing things in the works. So mm-hmm. keep tuning in, because you might hear about those in the next year or so. Yes, so.
1: we get some very cool things happening.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, and I'm sure that we will talk to you soon. Thank you, Emily. In closing, we would like to once again take the time to thank our members, the people that help us drive change. We would like to thank York State Bank, Henderson State Bank, York General, Mead Lumber Company Incorporated and York News Times. And thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. Catch you next time.